please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Good morning and welcome to Georgia Carry uh, Radio Hour. You notice this is not Doug King here. Doug has had uh, some family problems. I understand his mother had a stroke yesterday and uh, he's had some other problems and issues he has to deal with. So he's asked me to sit in for the next uh, at least couple of shows and see how things uh, work out for Doug. My name is Jerry Henry. I'm the executive director of GeorgiaCarry.org and uh, with me today I have a, a guest, Bruce Greenfield, who is uh, one of the Georgia Carry Board uh, Emeritus members and our statewide recruiting coordinator. And we're going to discuss a little bit about recruiting and his story about how he got down here. And we're just going to go from uh, one subject to another, see what kind of fun we can have today and see if we can fill in for Doug and uh, keep the radio show alive. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, this is a big weekend here in Atlanta. The uh, Atlanta Falcons are going to the Super Bowl in Houston. Now, me being from Dallas, that's not a big deal. But here in Atlanta, that's a big deal. And I think it's going to be a bigger deal after Sunday afternoon when the, or Sunday evening when the Falcons come back as the world champs. But that all remains to be seen. So with me today is uh, Bruce Greenfield. As I mentioned, he's our statewide recruiting coordinator. He has just finished uh, a term on the board of directors and was uh, elected as a board member emeritus, which means that he can meet with us and uh, discuss anything that we want to during any of the meetings he wants to come with. So Bruce also has a, an interesting story. Bruce was not born in the land of the free. He had to come down here later. So I'm going to ask him to tell us a little bit about what he's uh, – what he encountered on his way down here and how he felt after he got here and uh, how he likes freedom. Well, good morning, Jerry. Um, yeah, I uh, I grew up in New York, actually on Long Island, South Shore. Um, and interestingly, it's not – carrying a firearm, owning a gun is not something you think about. It's never even discussed. Um, so it was kind of a surprise to me in 1985 – um, when my company moved me down to Georgia and I started working with some of the folks that lived here, somebody asked me if I wanted to go with him to the range. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I had no clue. Um, so we started talking and um, he actually took me over to Southeastern Firearms in Lilburn. Mm-hmm. They're not there anymore, unfortunately, where I bought my first firearm. And um, it was really a shock. I mean, having come from New York where you don't think about it, to Georgia, where I can actually just walk into a gun mm-hmm. store, they show me all kinds of guns, right? And then sell me a police trade-in. Uh, my first one was actually a uh, Smith and Wesson sixty-four two, mm-hmm. uh, thirty-eight special revolver, right. snub nose two inch, nice little starter gun. Um, it's a great gun. I love it. Um, bit of a safe queen now. Uh, I take it to the range once in a while, but sure. don't carry it. But it was just a shock. And then to go to the range and see all these people. With guns shooting, I mean, it's, again, not something we ever thought right. about. You, you weren't raised that way. No. Uh, I, I talk to a lot of people uh, all the time. People call me up. They're from California. They're from 
New York. They're from New Jersey. Some of the uh, more restrictive gun states. And and when they tell me that that they're from California, I say, well, welcome to to freedom. Welcome to the United States. We'll show you how the rest of us live. They can't believe that you don't have to register a firearm or that you don't have to have a a license to go buy one or a license to buy ammunition even or that you're restricted as how much ammunition you can have. So it's really – it's really kind of weird for a lot of people's way of yeah. thinking. We hear and, those all the time at the gun shows, the, the exact same things. Right. And uh, so what did, your, uh, what did your family have to say about it the first time they walked down here and saw you with a firearm on your hip? Um, actually, um, it, it wasn't until many years later. My dad came down unexpectedly. Um, and so I was getting ready to change all my plans about what I was going to do for the weekend. And he said, well, no, let's just go ahead. So the first thing we did was we went out to Barrow County to the sheriff's range out there because mm-hmm. they opened it up to the public first Saturday of the month, and I took him shooting. And um, that was a bit of an experience because he had handled a firearm when he was in the Army. In the military, yeah. Um, but that was decades earlier. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was not something, again, that he even thought of. And here I am with my range bag and five different firearms that I brought with us so that he could choose what he wanted to and I could get some practice in with you know, some of my various firearms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. I mean, his stance was interesting. I've never seen anybody shove their arm straight out in front of him and lock their elbow with their <laughs> other hand to shoot. But that was what he was hey, taught. Well, if he enjoyed it, that's mm-hmm. all that really matters. And then after that, we actually went to the gun show. I was actually scheduled to um, – Help Brian Miller at the uh, GCO recruiting table at the Norcross Gun Show. Mm-hmm. But with my dad in town, I told Brian that I couldn't make it. But my dad said, well, let's go to the gun show anyway. So we went to the Norcross Gun Show, and we walked through the whole show. And as we're walking out the door, my dad looks over at me. He goes, that's a lot of guns. <laughs> and yes, I just I couldn't do anything but laugh at him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of people's reaction when they come down here. Now, I'm I'm from Texas. I moved here in '78, and uh, my family, for the most part, are pro guns. I do have a I did have a brother who passed away a couple of years ago that was anti, and um, he always told my sister every time he turned around that that I was going to uh, somebody was going to take that gun away from me. And shoot me one day, and or kill me one day. And I explained to him that if he did, it would have to be because uh, he'd have to beat me to death with it because it'd be empty when he got it. But uh, everybody else uh, in the family seems to understand, and and he just uh, he just had problems uh, with his uh, liberal ways. The rest of us were were brought up uh, a little bit differently, <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's kind of fun to get around to do those things. Uh, the um, one of the things that's happened here in the United States too is uh, this has been an interesting two weeks since uh, President Donald Trump uh, yeah became, that's uh, became our president. Uh, he's done an awful lot of things, and it seems like everybody feels, and I, I kind of feel that way, and just try to see what you think about it. But there appears to be a new day dawning in the, in the gun rights. Uh, portion of government because we're now in a place where we have a president, we have a Congress, we have uh, uh, a new attorney general uh, as soon as he gets approved that's going to, that are pro-gun. And that's 
totally different from what we put up with the last eight years and even some of the years preceding that. True. We were we never knew where we were going to stand, and it appears now that we know and the gun prohibitionists know where all of us stand in the in our uh, daily lives now and, and our uh, uh, fight for our rights. Yeah, it is it is kind of an interesting turnaround. Um, you know, first starting with a president who flat out says – yeah, you know, that he believes in the Second Amendment right. with no but after it. Right, and he has a <laughs> and he has a carry and he permit has a carry license uh, from yes. New York, uh, New York places. City, no less. Well, but <laughs> he's well held enough to get one in New York City. That being a May May issue state, but even the mentality of, in New York, you know, he could hire security. He sure. personally doesn't sure. need to carry it. Sure, I mean, more like Michael Bloomberg, you know. Yeah, well, that was another guy we'll talk about later. Huh? <laughs> and we won't have a lot of glowing things to say about Mr. Bloomberg. But um, I think it's very interesting to see what has happened so far and what is going to happen uh, in the gun rights uh, business. I think once we get a, our new Supreme Court justice, I think we got an excellent pick there. That will bring the court back around where uh, we don't have to worry about uh, our gun rights for a while. And hopefully uh, we'll have people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, go ahead and do what she said she would do. She said she would resign if if Trump got elected. She hasn't done that yet, but we'd like for her and the, and all the Hollywooders that were going to leave the country, we'd like for them to, to go ahead and, and keep their promise, do what they said they would do, and uh, and let's move forth. And they make too much uh, money. They're not going to move oh, out of no, town. Oh, no, they're not going to move <laughs> out of town. But And if, do you think that somebody like uh, Rosie O'Donnell is going to give me a credible threat about her moving? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I can help her get out of town if she would like. I'd donate to the tickets. But uh, at any rate, the, it, it's uh, the reason for bringing up Bloomberg, or I mean Ginsburg, is the fact that if she resigns or when she resigns and she's getting on up in age, um, he will, uh, Donald Trump will also be able to replace her on the Supreme Court. And if he sticks to what he said he's going to do, then we could have a Supreme Court that we could – uh, that the conservatives and the gun rights organizations would be able to live with for quite some time to come yeah. without the threat of uh, of uh, always being taken away, people being afraid to go to the Supreme Court because of the fact they don't want to lose what they've got. They don't want to lose any more. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting uh, next four years and hopefully eight years to see what happens. Uh, we're coming up to a break here, and when we come back, we want to talk about two or three different items. We've got a new uh, diamond sponsor that I want to talk about. And we, um, we want to talk about some Georgia gun bills. We'll probably save that part for the last, and then we'll tell you a little bit about how you can get in touch with us and join Georgia Carey and join our fight. It's the uh, General Assembly right now is in process here in Georgia, and we're going to talk about what they're going to do and what kind of help we need from you to get things done. So... Uh, We'll take our break and come back and start another conversation shortly. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back. We're uh, sitting here, I'm sitting here with uh, Bruce Greenfield, our statewide recruiting coordinator and uh, former board member 
uh, discussing a few things that are going on today in uh, in the national news and in the in the local news, and really just uh, trying to enjoy ourselves uh, with Doug not being here, uh, and hopefully give you a show that you'll uh, enjoy without Doug being here. I don't think we've had a show that Doug hasn't been on. Uh, at least he or Jesse have been on every one of them. So uh, you get to hear my voice, and that sometimes is not the best thing to hear. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things that, that going on nationally. We talked about the gun prohibitionists, and and it's a scary thing when you stop and think about what Michael Bloomberg has done. He and his gun prohibitionist groups have been able to buy – a lot of rights of people's rights here in the United States. If you go to to Washington, his background checks, his extended background checks, um, were passed due to his money and money of Bill Gates and and a couple of the other guys up in Seattle. They spent like fourteen million dollars to get a, a background expanded background check bill passed in Washington. Washington, unlike Georgia. Washington has a, uh, and many of the states out west, have a ballot initiative where you can go around and, and get enough people to sign it. If you get enough uh, signatures on your petitions, then it becomes a ballot item, and the voters get to vote for it. They did that, got the voters, uh, got the names or the numbers, and then spent about $14 million trying to get it passed, which they did. One of the things that Bloomberg did as well, him being in the um, in the uh, news business or uh, media business, bought up all of the available advertising time when it uh, got within about a month of the election. So he got this bill passed, and it what it bothers me is if you've got a guy that's got thirty five forty billion dollars. And he can go spend just a minute portion of it to buy people's rights on the Second Amendment. What says he won't come back and buy your rights on the First Amendment or any other amendment? Uh, it can be done. Fortunately, Georgia, you have to the bills have to originate in the General Assembly, so we don't have to worry about it too much. But uh, Nevada's faced with it this year. I believe Arizona's faced with it this year. Oregon, Washington, Colorado are. Uh, Oregon, Washington, and California already have those expanded background checks, and that's something that we don't need. And we need to to get the word out to every person who owns a firearm, that's hunters especially, because hunters and and daily carriers are normally two different groups. And we need the hunters to get on our side and oppose any expanded background check bills that come up. Uh, As usual, the gun prohibitionists do not tell you the truth about what's going on and they'll tell you that 85 to 90 percent of the people uh, who own firearms are for background checks well we already have background checks but we're not for expanding the background checks to where i have you have to go through a background check if i want to loan you a firearm for a week uh, this that's ridiculous uh, and if i want to sell you uh, my private property uh, through a private uh, ownership sale they want to stop that as well. They want you to go through a, a federal firearms dealer in order to get those things. And this is just a very bad precedence. This happened in a lot of the the uh, anti-gun states, and we don't need anything like that happening down here. No, not at all. I mean, you know, I look back, and like I said earlier, um, I took my dad to the range, 
And some of these extended background checks would have made me do a have a background check done on my dad to loan him a firearm to shoot at the range. Right. Or in some states, uh, you may have to put it in his name so that he could go shoot. And then when he come back, he would have to put it back in your name, which is ridiculous. And the only way that this will ever work is, and and this is the the um, the holy grail for the gun prohibitionists is universal registration. Because if you don't know who owns a firearm, how can you know if they're breaking the law? If if I have a firearm and it's not registered, which is not here in Georgia, and I loan it to you or I sell it to you or I give it to you, how would anybody ever find out that that used to be my gun if we don't have registration? And we do not need registration in this country or or the state or any any portion of the country as far as I'm concerned, although some states do have them. And it's something that's very unwilling and things that they have to to suffer through. Well, you know, it's interesting. The excuse they always use is, well, we need it so that we can trace crime guns. Sure. Except that if a gun is found, you know, after the commission of a crime, it's usually having been stolen from sure. the original owner. Sure. So it doesn't help you trace the criminal. That's it true. helps you trace the owner. And what good is that doing? And us? the criminal doesn't go through a background check when he steals, you, steals it from you. Wow, you know, there's a concept. <laughs> and then when we when when it comes up that you have to go have all the firearms registered, what's going to make the criminals go do it? The fact is, the law abiding citizens are, by and large, law abiding. They don't commit these crimes, and they're not going to commit these crimes. That's why Chicago has all these problems. That's why um, uh, Baltimore has all these problems because they do not allow their citizens the right. To protect themselves, and and, uh, and, and criminals we, know it, so yeah, they take advantage correct. of that opportunity. Well, I always say one of the things that that uh, some of the gun laws do, uh, or well, what allowing us to carry to protect ourselves, uh, could probably be struck down in some courts because when we carry, we are presenting an a um, an unhappy or a um, what am I trying to say? A, a, a nasty work environment for them, for the criminal. Well, that's true. If we if we don't uh, if we don't have that, then the criminal could go about his business in a safe manner. He could go do whatever he wanted to. We wouldn't have to worry about it too much. Well, and yeah, you know, like I said I grew up in New York, and one of the things I didn't say was um, I was actually mugged twice mm. while I was living in New York. Mm. Now, at both points in time, I was underage so i wouldn't have been able to carry a firearm anyway but it does it entices the criminals and incense them to go ahead and commit the crimes because they know there's no way you can fight back and protect yourself that's correct and they know there's probably no one around you that can protect you or assist during that crime so yeah it's a freebie work environment hostile work environment was what i was trying to think about a while ago uh but as, as you've probably figured out, I do not have a, a canned speech. I don't give canned speeches, and anybody that's ever heard me knows that I don't. So every once in a while I have to kind of stutter a little bit to try to get to where I'm going because uh, I never know what the next word is going to be. Um, we uh, we kind of beat the background check to death. Uh, is there anything else coming up that you can think about that you'd like to discuss? Uh, well, you know, on the federal side, of course, we have the possibility of national reciprocity. Oh, yes. That's a very good bill. We need to get everybody behind that. 
uh, we there are several things on the, on the national side which I I had neglected to put in my notes. One of them is national reciprocity. The other one is the uh, Hearing Protection Act, which would take yes. the silencers out of Class Three and allow you just to go down to the store and buy one, which is where it should be. You know. Okay. Uh, when you hit that topic, did you see what they were using for a discussion of oh, why yeah, a movie? Yeah. yeah, they were using James Bond movies yeah. to show that it just makes a little puff sound yeah. with a suppressor. They've never, they've never heard a suppressor being shot uh, or a suppressed gun being shot because it you still know it's uh, you still know it's there. You hear it, it just doesn't deafen you when you get through. It, it, old guys like me uh, who shoot without hearing protection normally they walk around every other word is huh huh. Yeah. Because they can't hear. They've lost their hearing. And, and a lot of it is from hunting. A lot of it's from uh, when they were in the military and not having proper protection. But if you had a suppressor on there, you can knock that noise level down and not go deaf over it. Well, and they say, you know, why does a homeowner need a suppressor? Um, but if you've ever been at the range and have somebody fire when your muffs were off, um, you um, begin to understand that even there with the, muffle, the, the sound damping uh, in the range – Yep. Think about the hallway of your home oh, yeah. and how that's going to echo and contain the sound. Well, I have a I have a little lake down in my house that I go down uh, fishing every once in a while, and a lot of times I'll just back my truck up to the edge and sit in the back of my truck and, and drink a beer and and cast and uh, got some nice little bass in there too. I actually had a ten pounder caught, so it's more than just a little bass. But um, I always we have turtles down there as you would do with every lake, and I always carry a, a firearm with me. And I believe that particular day I had a three fifty seven, and I saw this big turtle. So I thought, well, I'll just show him. And I'm sitting in open air in the back of my truck, and I squeezed the round off, and I thought I was going to go deaf. I mean, it was, re- and I was out in the open air, right. not in the house. Now my understanding is from policemen and others that if you're in a enclosed area, you don't notice as much because. Your adrenaline is up, and it, it kind of helps you. But at any rate, we need to get those passed. There are several other things we need to get passed. Um, we have uh, we have been contacted by some uh, congressmen who want to know what our thoughts were, and we've let them know. So we're going to do our best to to pass the, or help pass those bills when they come up, and we're going to continue to fight here in Georgia as we've always done. So we're going to take a break right quick, and we'll be back in a few minutes to discuss. Uh, some of the gun bills here in the General Assembly. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back. I'm uh, Jerry Henry, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, and with me is Bruce Greenfield. We're discussing several things uh, today, and one of the things we're going to talk about next are some of the bills that are have already been introduced in the uh, General Assembly here in Atlanta, as well as some of the things that we're pretty sure are coming and will be introduced in the next uh, few weeks, and we'll kind of give you our ideas of, of what those bills are, where those bills are going, where they're headed, and whether they're going to get any steam or not. Uh, as you know, most of the time they don't get a lot of steam, especially those antis. And the first anti is HB10. That's uh, Mary Margaret Oliver's let's ban all the assault weapons uh, in the world, and this will be a safer place bill. Uh, she not only uh, 
wants to ban them, she has gone to the trouble in this bill to define assault weapon. There is, as you know, or as you should know, there is no uh, definition in the in the statutes of what an assault weapon is. An assault weapon can be anything. It can be a fist. It can be a foot. It can be a hammer. It can be uh, axe, baseball bats, you name it. Whatever it is, anything that, that you can assault somebody with, and I guess your tongue could also be because you can have a verbal assault as well. Uh, those are all assault weapons. And uh, this is a second session in a row that she has introduced this bill. And I can assure you that uh, there's been more time talking about it right now, today, on this program probably, than will be in the General Assembly this year. Uh, that bill is just not going to go anywhere. Uh, there's, there, it has no feet. It, it, will, it will die. Uh, it may get a hearing, but I doubt that it will even get a hearing. Uh, so we will move on. That was HB 10. HB 11 is uh, Kaisha Waits, Representative Waits' uh, gun bill that would uh, force safety training in order for you to apply for a Georgia weapons license. Now, we have always said, and, and I'll, I'll just let you tell you what we've always said about training. We think everyone should have training. But they should be able to seek out their own training in their own time at their own prices, um, which when you can do it yourself is negotiable rather than have the government mandate right. which, where, when, and how much training is required. Right. Yes, mandated. We are against mandated gun training. Uh, and several reasons for that. Number one, uh, it will take you longer to get a license because you have to stand in line to go get training. It will add cost to it. So those people who are uh, low income – will uh, be punished more than, than those in the upper income because now we're talking about uh, a few, in some instances, I'm not sure which what she's talking about here, but in some instances we're talking about hundreds of dollars to, to take a training course to do that. The other thing is that if the state says you need X amount of training and you get X amount of training, then when you get it, you don't need any more because the state's already said you're good to go. It's just like with a driver's license. If, if you pass their test, then – you're okay to drive. That doesn't mean anything. It just means you pass their test. And that's the same way it is with, uh, we feel, with uh, mandatory training. Uh, and I suspect that that bill won't go very far either. It only has one person signed on to it, and that's her. And I doubt seriously that it's going to be even given a hearing. Uh, HB 156, uh, this has got a it's got a weird name on it <laughs> to, to say what it does. The, the title is Conservation of Natural Resources, Law Regarding Use or Possession of Handgun in a Park, Historic Site, or Recreational Area, Revised Provisions. And then when you read down a little bit, it says that this shall be known as the Constitutional Carry Act of uh, 2017. So uh, it is, in fact, a constitutional carry bill, which uh, I refer to a lot as the $7 a year bill. Uh, it will do away with you having to have a license. It will make it where uh, it can be optional. So in case you travel to other states, you can still have reciprocity. But it will save you, in effect, $7 a year, and it will not give you any other place that you can carry. I, I refer to these basically as permitless carry bills. Constitutional carry, to me, says I can carry them anywhere because the, the Second Amendment says uh, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
And so I don't think that you're really gaining anything out of this bill that uh, will help us in the future. Our goal, George Kerry's goal, is to do away with the permit, but we, that is uh, about the last thing we want to do. And one of the reasons being is that if if uh, you go somewhere and um, when we go to hearings and we're trying to expand where we can carry, and that's what we, we've been trying to do since we started, uh, then one of the first things is, well, we just can't let everybody in there with a gun. And our comeback is we're talking about people who have been licensed, who have a license, who have been through background checks by the GBI, FBI, and mental health check, and also represent uh, less than 1% of the violent acts in this country with firearms. So that gives us uh, a hedge to to stave that off. If we didn't have that right now, there's a lot of these places that we would not have gotten, and there's a lot of places left for us to get that we won't get. So, uh, but we we support that bill, uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes before we we uh, put a whole lot of strength behind it. I don't think it'll go anywhere. I know who the the legislators are, and uh, the House and Senate is not ready to pass this bill. We have tried as Georgia Carry for several years running to get open carry, unlicensed open carry, and we can't even get a hearing on that. That stops at the door. So I, ex- I don't expect this one to go anywhere. Hopefully it will. If it does, then great. We'll all be happy, but I don't think it's going to. Um, HB 232, this is another um, training bill, right? Yes. Yes. Provide training requirement. And it's very close to the last one. Uh, this one is signed on by uh, Pete Marion, uh, Stacey Abrams, Mary Margaret Oliver, Mickey Stevens, Casey Waits. The thing that they have in common is they all have a D behind their name. Uh, and again, our our position is the same as it was before. We are not for mandatory training. Uh, we are for training, but not state mandated training. Uh, SB 49, we move over to the House, or the Senate. SB 49 is uh, it's not really a firearms bill, but it's a bill by B- Bill Heath that will change the definition of a knife from a blade uh, 5 inches in length to 12 inches in length so that uh, pocket knives won't be a, be a weapon anymore. Uh, Jerry, um, with changing that definition, does that put them back – Outside of preemption, allowing local municipalities to regulate those those knives. I don't think so because they're not a knife. They're well, an object. <laughs> they're not well, it's a, true, but I, as far as I know, potentially they could. I don't in think, their own statutes because we no longer define it as a weapon. I don't think they can, but okay. we'll see. Um, SB eighty. Um, SB eighty is a bill to. Um, put more uh, retired officers or more law officers into uh, 1611-130, which is the exemption provision. We're not, we're not going to fight that bill, but we're not for that bill. We are not for special groups of people. And the 1611-130 is a special group. You're better than I am. You can carry anywhere you want to. And we do not like that, that thing. Uh, SB 84 is, uh, if you remember, an HB 60 we passed a bill that said that uh, governments, local governments, had to sell firearms, 
seize firearms back to the uh, to the public if they couldn't find the owner. Um, and this would come back and say that they could do that. Uh, this would allow the the cities, states, such as Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't want to sell them. Uh, this would allow the states to to this would re- repeal that provision, allow the states to sell them or to uh, destroy them and not have to worry about reselling them. Um, then there's um, SB 92, uh, which right now we have a, a statute in Georgia that says that a policeman cannot detain you solely for the purpose of determining whether you have a firearms license or not. This would repeal that portion and say that they can stop you anytime they want to. And obviously we're against that because uh, just think what it would be like walking downtown Atlanta with a firearm on your hip if ever a policeman could stop you and demand to see your license. It would take you 10 minutes to get from one block to the other. And uh, plus the fact that there's been several Supreme Court cases that agree that the presence of a firearm does not mean uh, that a crime has been committed or is about to be committed. So we're totally against that one. Uh, there's another one here, uh, SB 91, and I believe there's uh, SB 99, have to deal with uh, mental health uh, backgrounds, and uh, there's some more definition going on. Uh, 92, we're, uh, we would uh, be against, and uh, 99, we're, we're okay with that particular one. Uh, other than that, that's about all we have going. I understand there's going to be a, a um, another constitutional carry bill drop shortly that it's making the rounds right now. And when we come back in uh, in another in our last section, we'll talk about a couple other bills that we have coming up, and uh, we'll tell you how to join Georgia Carry and wrap things up. We'll see you in a few. Back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back to Georgia Carry Radio Hour. Uh, again, I'm Jerry Henry. I've got Bruce uh, Greenfield with me. If, uh, if you've been listening all along, you probably ought to know who both of us are. Uh, we're going to talk uh, just a little bit more about some more upcoming gun bills. These have not been introduced yet, but we're expecting them to be introduced almost any time. The first one is uh, campus carry. The campus carry bill from last year will be basically reintroduced with uh, one small change, and that will be that uh, you will not be able to carry your firearm past the security uh, at a daycare center on a college campus. Now, it's my understanding that all the daycare centers have security so that nobody can walk in and steal someone's child, so you won't be able to walk past that security, plus the fact that most of the um, daycare centers are in the dormitories, which are already off limits. So uh, this would be just a slight change. We expect to get that passed. Uh, Some people are not going to like it because it doesn't go far enough. But our stance has always been we'll take a foot if we can't get a yard because three feet make a yard. And that's how we've gone from 42nd worst state, most restrictive uh, state with uh, gun laws in the country to about number three or four. And we will continue to do that, and we will take the flack if anybody doesn't like it. Uh, The other thing is there's going to be, if you remember last year, we had a bill called HB 1060, which was – 
kind of an omnibus bill. It was clean up from other or from a previous session, and that bill was also vetoed by the governor because it affected churches. We have always said, and we still maintain, and nobody's been able to tell us anything differently, that churches are private property. It's against the law to have a church that's not a private property. The government in this country can't have a church. But we have laws here in the state that uh, will not allow you to carry in a church unless they uh, unless they allow it, which is the way my property, private property is and your private property is. The only difference is a church, if you're caught carrying there and they haven't given you permission, you can be fined. You can't do that on any other piece of private property. So we have uh, we have uh, gone back and uh, getting ready to reintroduce this basic bill that we had last year uh, that, uh, with the exception of the churches, the provision of the churches in there. So um, there are several things. I don't remember all of them. One of the things that people that are moving here from a state that uh, has reciprocity with us right now would be given like 90 days to before they had to go get another license. Right now, you move into Georgia, you get a Georgia driver's license, your carry permit from whatever state you were in is no good. So it addresses that. It addresses some other issues that we had with other bills, and we can discuss that when we get a little bit further down the road. Um, and uh, there's another bill that, uh, that will be forthcoming that is a, a good bill that we're – uh, will be good for all Georgia weapons license holders, and uh, that's about all I can say about it right now because we're not sure exactly what the wordage is going to be, but it is coming. Um, Want to spend the rest of the, our time here? We've got uh, about seven or eight minutes here. Want to discuss uh, recruiting and uh, how you become a member of Georgia Carry? What you can do to help us? And we have the statewide recruiting coordinator here, and if he can't tell us, I'm not sure who can. Uh, and I would mention that uh, this past week we have signed on another Diamond Level sponsor. Uh, Diamond Level sponsors are very important to the future of Georgia Carey, and I think this one is going to be a good one. It's uh, located in Peachtree City. It's Zach Brown's Southern Grind, which is his machine shop over there, and uh, we look forward to working with them and uh, them working with us and us moving forward. That will give us, I believe, six diamond level sponsors. Nice. So so how about recruiting? What are we going to do about recruiting? Well, um, we're going to keep doing what we've always done. Um, You know, we're at almost every single gun show. I say almost. We're some places we have trouble getting a team together to to show up. But like this weekend – um, you know, we're going to be out at the uh, Cobb Civic Center mm-hmm. um, for the gun show out there. Um, and then uh, two weeks, the 18th, we're going to be in Grovetown, the Augusta gun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, still trying to get everything together to do Columbus that weekend, but it's a little rough right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever we can, we're looking for new fairs and festivals right. Uh, right. to go out there and uh, set up our membership table. Um, where we can explain to people who Georgia Carey is, right. what we do, what we've been doing here in the state for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. um, and why they need to work to protect their gun rights, even in Georgia. Right. Well, one of the things that a lot of people, I don't believe, uh, realize is that, yes, we we made a tremendous step, and everybody in the country uh, agrees that we've done a, a heck of a job down here. But the problem now is going to be keeping that because – the winds are not going to always blow the same direction they're blowing right now. And we need members 
not necessarily to change a lot of things. We still got <clears throat> some things we need to change, but we need members who will go fight to keep what we have because that's the next fight that's coming is keeping what we have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we do these shows, we, we try to explain to folks that, you know, as a constituent of any Georgia House representative, yeah, you vote. Well, that's great. But when you start to know them personally, mm-hmm. and I know both you and I have taken quite a bit of time, and I know quite a few of our members have taken quite a lot of time mm-hmm. to actually get to know House and House members and senators so that we're actually on first-name basis and, and frequently texting them um, to their personal cell phones. Right. Um, that makes you more than just a constituent. It makes you It makes you a lobbyist and a person. It makes you a person that they can go to. A friend. Yes. Um, We've we've always said that that if you're a member of georgiacarry.org and you walk down the street and your representative or senator's coming the other way and he does not recognize you by your first name, you haven't done a really good job. You need to do that so that they know who you are. When they see you coming, they're going to know up gun rights i know what he's going to talk about and that's fine but people vote uh people vote the way their friends want them to vote if they have a choice if they're going to vote for or against something even the people who are anti-gun there are things that that everybody in the community needs to be involved in that these people will vote for and if it comes to a point where you you're down there talking to them look uh, we're not talking about guns. We're talking about this. Then uh, that helps you in the long run because there may come a time when there's a, a non-controversial gun bill that they'll say, well, I'll, I'll just vote for them because John comes down here all the time. I, it's not a big deal. You know, it's probably going to pass anyway. And people do that. They they will do that to help you uh, along. And it makes you basically, if you do this, it makes you basically a lobbyist. I mean, they know who you're coming for. They know what you're coming down there for. And uh, I believe that's one of the things that's always made us successful is that the the people in the General Assembly don't have a clue how many lobbyists we have because every time they turn around, here's another guy lobbying them, and that's that's how we've been successful. And uh, we hope to continue that. We've always said that uh, you need to be friendly you need to understand these people have a job to do. You can't threaten them. You can't call down there and say, if you don't vote for this bill, I'm never voting for you again. Big deal. They won by 2,000 votes last time. They're going by 1,999 this time. How's it going to affect them? All you're going to do is make things worse for you and your your organization. Yeah. You know, so, one of the things I've always found fascinating was when you know, we go to the Capitol and House reps that are not mine, and senators that mm-hmm. don't represent my district actually know who I am, yep. and they come over and they're talking to me by name, shaking hands. And that's true for a large number yep. of Georgia Carey members yes. when we go to hearings. Yes. And I think it's great. Yeah, we show up for hearings. We show up for, for whatever we need to be down there for, and we, uh, we work to make those things happen. And it's uh, – and our members, uh, one of the things that I do as executive director is I make sure that our members know that when – uh, we have a hearing schedule when we need to contact the the senators or legislators, uh, the committee members, whoever it is. We need to we notify you as a member that you need to contact these people and tell them this is what I want, this is what I want it, and move on. Make it short, sweet, and move on out. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's been our 
our modus operandi, and that's what we're going to continue to do. And we're going to continue to move the ball forward in Georgia till uh, we make the Second Amendment mean what it says, that the uh, right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. we got about a minute or so to go here, I think. And uh, I just wanted to, to take time to, to tell uh, – once again, tell the members about Doug, uh, that his mother had a stroke and that he has some problems that he's having to take care of. He's uh, not going to be with us for a while. Uh, you'll probably be hearing my voice again next week, and uh, we will uh, we will continue to do the best we can with the show, and we want to uh, wish uh, Doug and his family uh, the best. And those of you that hit your knees at night, uh, remember Doug and, and uh, his family and what he's going through right now. And See if we can't get him back uh, going full blast again. He's a he is a great attorney and he is a, a stalwart GeorgiaCarry.org member and has been since uh, since the word go almost. So uh, think about him when you can. Think about Georgia Carry. You can go to GeorgiaCarry.org and uh, join up. Twenty dollars a year, the best twenty dollars you'll spend on any of your rights at any time in the future or in the past. Um, and with that. We will say uh, goodbye until next week. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.